share with you something about where we are at Kwasa. As um, Andy mentioned, it's been a long journey uh, since 2004 now. So I've got a lot older. None of you noticed that though, did you? <laughs> Thank you. Louder. No. <laughs> Just something very brief as an introduction, before the introduction. Uh, what we have on the screen is the name Kwasa College now. We actually have now registered in South Africa as a non-profit or a non-profit company. That means a company not for profit, not for gain. And we now, because our focus is very specifically on education, we've changed to Kwasa College. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you here because college has a different meaning. But to us, us college is a place of learning. So I'll tell you more about our children just now, but we are Kwasa College. That's our badge. Those are our colors. Um, in the top left-hand corner, you'll see is our diocesan crest. We are a diocesan school. Uh, we are therefore attached to the Diocese of the Highfeld. That's the diocese in which we are situated. And our dedication is to St. Mary Magdalene. So in the bottom right-hand corner, you have symbols which are attributed to Mary Magdalene, to her life, her faith. Our motto is in Latin, and I know you all can read, speak <laughs> Latin. Uh-huh, not. Right. It <laughs> it's Lux Vita Caritas. Um, Lux, light. Vita, life. And Caritas, charity or love. So, you know, if we'd found another Latin word to say love, we would have had three L's, lux. Uh, yeah, but it's, that's our motto. Kwasa, as many of you would know, was um, a name that was many years ago now given to our project, which is now our school, and it's an African phenomenon where we live on the high felt in summer, there are lots of electric storms, convectional thunderstorms. And when a storm comes up, there are big, heavy black clouds, lots of noise, lots of thunder, lots of lightning, and it rains. doesn't last for long, the rain. And as the rain ceases, a quiet kind of comes over the land, and the clouds will usually break open, and the sun will shine through. A beautiful sight. And our indigenous people at that moment say, Kwasa. And it means the storm is over. So for our children, whose lives, believe me, are incredibly storm-tossed, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of pain. Um, Kwasa seemed to just be a good name. We try and offer children a place of safety, a place of encouragement, of nurture, of love, of peace, beyond the storms that are very often, most often, raging in their little lives. I'm here with me, with you, and with me. <laughs> um, Michael John is operating the projection for us today. He is my son. Uh, that's why he's so good-looking, and I am not good-looking anymore. <laughs> 
because I gave him all my looks. I also gave him most of my brain, so that's why sometimes. But Michael John is a member of my board, the Kwasa College Board, and he also manages the accounts. He's a chartered accountant, so he's great on our team, and I'm grateful to him for being here with us and for doing this presentation, just managing. I could do it myself, you know, all these technological. Um, with us are a teacher and two pupils, but I've asked them just to not be present for this initial part, and you will see why when I share with you this little video clip. I know some of you have seen it, but many of you wouldn't have. I'm going to ask Michael John just to... Her cousin told me we should take a walk, and then I agreed. Um, I found a group of people at my house, my mother firstly um, said there was nothing going on. My mom um, heard somebody um, say that there's a body. Because I was still in grade two, so I didn't have such ideas. And then on the way, she told me what happened. And Kwasa because of the number of kids who were sitting around in shacks in the informal settlement um, with no stimulation and no place to be educated. For that reason, you know, I took it upon myself to begin as a, an outreach project initially from St. Peter and St. Paul, um, a school here for those children. My name is Vinette Maepa. I'm currently in Springs Girls High school. I started at Kwasa in 2007. I was at uh, Kwasa pre-primary for four years. It was just a small environment for kids to play and learn. She experienced a very traumatic experience when she was still very little. Um, her father was murdered in the settlement, just very close to where she, her mom and her dad lived. I just, I just found it like terrible to let such a loving person go. It was hard for me. They suffer. put in words what she did for me exactly because she did everything for me she's become my mother so I've got two mothers now she's always been a very bouncy little girl um, full of life and full of joy my first success ever was learning how to write my name. 
she needed to be part of our scholarship program. So she was placed in Steubenvale Primary School and there her school fees were paid by Kwasa, who's stationary and her school uniform provided. I was stunned. I even skipped a few steps when I went to take the head girl badge. Just really the high point was when she, from her background and from her context and from Kwasa, was appointed head girl of Steubenville Primary School. I got the scholarship by the name SSP. And the hope is there too that if she's done well in her final exams in the trick that this bursary would take her through her tertiary education too. I want to be a dentist one day. I want these kids to have every opportunity, the same kind of opportunity despite their context, their background, uh, their family situation. I want them to have the same opportunity as any child anywhere. They take care of kids who don't have homes, so they offer housing and education specifically children who are in need. It's important for children to have that in some way. The vision is because we have a big enough property that eventually we would have not only a pre-primary and a prep school but actually also build a high school which means effectively again if the vision can be realized that a child from this context, this background would be able to come at age three and leave having matriculated. I can say they got sent, so they, they're very kind and humble and loving. They loved us like their own kids. It would be wonderful if we could find people who would be prepared to sponsor just even one child for a year and assist us and ultimately assist that child in that way. So the bottom line is we need people to catch the vision of really making a difference in these children's lives, of just turning them around and giving them that opportunity to become uh, who they really um, have been gifted to become one day, just to give them that chance. When I, I, and the girls are going to come in now, you'll see why, so just um, be sensitive to questions that you might ask, but Vinette uh, epitomizes, I suppose, my hopes and dreams for all the children who would come to Kwasa. Uh, we have a pre-primary school. We have a pre-primary school um, of 124 children now, aged three to six. As you heard Vinette say, she came to that pre-primary school. At our pre-primary school and our primary school, in fact, we give the children two meals a day, breakfast and lunch, so that's an additional cost to us as well as the, the teaching fees. But these little children and as I've said, and as Vinette said, from an early age, have a home with us where they are nurtured, loved, and taught. 
I think I've got one more, that we now um, are moving up to develop a primary school, but our last year of pre-primary school is what we call in South Africa our grade R's. That's like the year before going to elementary school, your elementary school. So that's our class in 2017, who next year will go into grade one. They'll become our grade ones in the elementary school. And this is the challenge for us. Having started to grow a primary school, every year we've hardly kind of, you know, taken our breath from completing an academic year, and we're into having another class, another 30-odd children, having to pay the salary for another teacher. So it's the momentum is really quite quite taxing at times. So that's our grade R class. We now, as I say, have a primary school. When Vinette came to to Kwasa, Vinette and Ashley and teacher Sonia, if you'd like to come and join me up here so that I've got my show and tell people. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe you stand on that side, so that I and teach us on with them. Okay. When, when Vinette was at school, as I say, we only had the pre-primary school, so it was necessary when she was ready to go to elementary school, primary school, for us to send children like her to local schools. So you heard she went to Struvenvale Primary, and at Struvenvale Primary, she really excelled. As I say, Vinette is an example of a child who has embraced the opportunity of being educated. Um, she's got dreams, she's got hopes. Uh, it used to be to be a, um, a lawyer at one stage, then it was a dentist. Now I think we are looking at being a, uh, uh, a child doctor, pediatrician. There we go. She just doesn't know it, but one day she's got to push my wheelchair around, so I don't know what... <laughs> So Vinette and a whole bunch of other kids are on what we call our scholarship program, and they are in schools elsewhere, not on our campus. But we remain committed to them until they reach grade 12 and have graduated. Um, hopefully, Vinette will get a bursary and be able to follow her dreams um, to become whatever it is at that stage. I'm hoping she's going to run for president, but... Uh, <laughs> So our primary school has four grades. In the top left-hand corner, we have a retired teacher who's come back to assist us um, with grade ones, grade twos over here, and grade threes, which gives me an opportunity to introduce Sonia Kutsia. She's the grade three teacher, educator, and she teaches Ashley. So this very clever little girl who can read and write and do all sorts of other wonderful things is in grade three um, with Sonia. And if you look carefully, I think you'll find her in the picture. And our grade fours. So this is our, as I say, Kwasa College now, and you've heard our dream, you've heard our vision. It's to give kids a chance in life by offering them an education. I began my working life as an educator, as a teacher. My first degree was a teaching uh, degree and qualification until finally God's plan could come into fruition and I became a priest. So I'm passionate about education. I believe it unlocks um, the world for us. And 
as I say, we want to break that cycle, generally the cycle of poverty, which otherwise is keeping children bound. So to take you a little bit further, oh, um, those pictures have been taken in our school chapel. And those of you who've been to Kwasa would know uh, we didn't have a chapel. We had an old building which had many, many, many years ago been used as a place of worship for the miners, because Kwasa is built on old mining ground. Um, but we've been able to refurbish and extend, and we now have a wonderful chapel at Kwasa College, which we'll show you just now. Thanks, Michael John. Uh, we have a relationship with the only other diocesan school in our diocese. They're called St. Dunstan's. They offer teacher support. They, on this occasion, they'd sent 82 of their grade 4 children to come and spend time with our grade 1s, 2s, 3s, and 4s. They each bought a book. They read to the children. They played games with them. And they just socialized, which is a very important thing for our children just to help them understand just how precious they are, and just like any other, any other kid anywhere. So that was just quite recently. Uh, we have, this year, filled the four classrooms which we had built in our primary school. It became a plan, a vision, to get our grade five classroom uh, which obviously we will need next January. And then a, a school, also an Anglican school, and our assistant school in the Diocese of Johannesburg, their grade 11s, did the most wonderful thing. They collected funds, 600,000 rand. I don't know if you can translate that. I can't, into dollars. But it's a whole big bunch of dollars. These grade 11 children collected the money and then came to Kwasa, and they built the walls of two classrooms, which has been a wonderful injection of energy, of materials, and of funding into our school. So what they're doing there is these 17-year-olds from a very wealthy school. They're on the other end of the spectrum. And they came and they built a classroom for us, which we'll show you now. In fact, two classrooms. So those are our grade 5 and our grade 6 classrooms. Grade 5 for next year, one will remain empty until the year after that. So we're very blessed, we're very fortunate, and we are very proud of our schools. Those of you who are here who came to visit all those years ago would remember our funny little row of ramshackle classrooms and the containers, the shipping containers. We used shipping containers as classrooms. They now serve as storerooms, and I couldn't throw them away far enough because <laughs> And we now have these brand new, I think, really very special classrooms. You can't see now, but the one, that's our new ones, grade one and two go there, grade three and four here, and we will close off the square, giving us a beautiful space inside uh, for use by teachers and children. Uh, I was telling you about the children who started off with us and went to, to other schools. This is a picture of them. Last time we came, Brandon Williams came. That's Brandon. Uh, he's at Strubenvale Primary. And Vumani, who's now at high school, Zamani, who's at high school, in high school, Michael John's got the arrow, I think, on his head. 
No, it's a butterfly. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's him. Um, these are our children who are growing bigger and whose needs, in a sense, also are getting bigger and bigger, but who remain part of us. And as I say, Vinette is also in high school. She's in a different high school, Springs Girls High, because she got a bursary um, for, for Springs Girls High. But those children are still very much part of us. And if it weren't, and let me say this, if it weren't for St. John's, I very much doubt that those, we would have been able to continue the education of those children. So over the years, as you've invested your time, energy, money in us, it's been making an incredible difference in the lives of those children. Thank you. I spoke about the chapel at Kwasana. I'll tell you, but you're not allowed to tell anybody else outside of here. Okay. But we have another church in the States um, who've come on board and who partner with us, and they're Chapel of the Cross in Chapel Hill. So the time before this one, when I was visiting down there, they kind of made a big mistake. They said, Sharon, have you got a project that we could help you with? And I said, well, as it happens, yes. I have a big project. I have this, this building. Some of them had seen it. You know, it's not fit for worship. Uh, really. And then when I saw them saying, oh, yeah, okay, but maybe not now. I said, I tell you what, if you were to help, with that chapel and turn it into a place of worship for us at Kwasa College, their church, their parish is called Chapel of the Cross. I said, we will call that chapel Chapel of the Cross at Kwasa. So that carrot just elicited. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the sanctuary, the altar at Kwasa Chapel of the Cross. This is standing on the chancel steps looking back into the church. I think those of you who have been there and can remember what it looked like, uh, the transformation has been incredible. I still get such a warm feeling when I walk in there and just know that our children have a very, very special place, a place in which to encounter God. Not that you can't encounter God anywhere, but in worship and through worship, just to come to an understanding of how precious they are to God, how unique they are, how gifted they are, and that God has a plan for each one. So that's, as I say, from the chancel steps m looking back. Those of you who were there before might remember that behind that little church building there was an accommodation. There were rooms behind. And Johannes, who used to teach with us then, used to live in those quarters behind. So we broke through into that house, that residence, and we now have the chancel and then the sanctuary was put on behind that. Thank you, Michael John. That's the outside. Bit of a mixed match of the old and the new, but that is us. We, we have that place as part of our roots. So the initial church building, you can see the difference in color brick, but we kept that. And some of you might also remember we had a very strange-looking construction. People used to think it was a, a dovecote. It was blue metal, and it had a funny roof, but it housed a bell, a bell which had been shipped from the United Kingdom in 1800 and something. And that bell stayed up in that funny little 
They called it a bell tower, but I used to think it was a dovecote. But with great joy, great joy, we hoisted it up, and it now rings out across the campus um, from the bell tower. So again, just a, a link to the past. And that same bell would have called worshippers to that place of worship a hundred years ago. Those whose lives were also extremely poverty-stricken and probably mostly without hope. So it rings out a different message now to our children. That's inside the mm -hmm. children. We have chapel mm -hmm. regularly in the, the church, the chapel, and that's just one of our kids closing their eyes. I hope they were praying. <laughs> so that kind of is a quick resume of who we are and try to include something of where we've been and where we are now. Um, and I invite your questions or your comments. Not every day, um, at least once a week. I do a, an assembly. You know, I have a part-time job. I'm rector of a parish. so, uh, And also one of these strange animals that they call an archdeacon. So I'm quite busy doing church a lot of the time. But I do, on a Monday morning, um, start the week and the day with Kwasa. We have a staff meeting. And I've broken, because the staff is so large now, I meet one week with the pre-primary school staff and the next week with the primary school staff and then on the third week with everybody. And on each of those mornings, we do assembly. So we do assembly in the chapel with prayers and songs and hymns and our school song, which you heard them singing right in the beginning there. That's our school song. And then on the fourth Monday of each month, we have a Eucharist. But we also have a Eucharist at other times, you know, on our patronal festival and end of term, beginning of term, and so on. So it's becoming a very used, a very, a very special holy space, which is helping to just create our ethos, which is a diocesan school. How much does it cost to sponsor a child? One child for one year. Yeah. We've kind of worked it out. Um, and yes, don't ask me what the fees are. You know what I'm saying? What we charge or ask parents to contribute. And let me just go back a step as well. Anybody who comes to Kwasa, the tiny little ones going all the way through, they get transported to school. So their transportation is free. We have a, a Sprinter. It's a Mercedes vehicle which seats 22. And that little bus just runs backwards and forwards. It's getting very tired now, but I throw holy water over it every now and again and <laughs> say, no, 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 no. Um, so we transport the children to school. Each child receives breakfast and lunch. In our primary school, so in other words, uh, Ashley's age, they receive their school uniform, they get their stationery. When the school, when the teaching day is done, they stay for what we call aftercare. And I have a group of volunteers who come in to assist with the homework and doing projects and things like that. And after that, they have uh, organized sport. We're very fortunate at the moment to have two male teachers, both of them quite athletic and crazy about sport, things like, you know, soccer and 
cricket and we do athletics, the girls are learning netball, so they have an hour's sport. So all of that is included in what we ask the parents. But what we ask from the parents as fees is a fraction of what the cost is. So what I'm going that's a long way around to answer your question to say, I'm going to tell you what it costs to educate a child at Kwasa is $650, $650 for a year for tuition. And an aspect which was covered in that little video, which I haven't spoken about, is that we on campus now have two homes, uh, a girl's home and a boy's home, uh, each one with a, a house mother where really vulnerable children are, are resident. So we do have children who are orphans. We have children who are living in, in one-parent homes. Uh, we have children who otherwise are in extreme situations of abuse of one kind or other. So we are able to accommodate 24 children in those homes. Uh, now those children, like any child, and my goodness, if I see how much these two children eat, I'd forgotten. <laughs> It costs to feed, to supply toiletries, you know, cleaning materials, to pay the house mother's salary. And that's one area where we get absolutely no funding um, is for our children. But that's another aspect of what we do. So a child who comes to us might be housed and then have all that I've spoken about. But that's the average cost per child per year um, at Kwasa College. Is six hundred and fifty dollars. I don't know how that equates with what your schools cost. Or <laughs> you speak better American than I do. No, uh, Sharon. Just very quickly, a little bit about the culture of philanthropy now in South Africa, so that uh, we could understand that that it's a beginning phase, maybe. And, and I, I, I believe in two thousand eight, there was uh, a tax when someone made a donation. You had to pay a tax on the fact but the accountant can help us with that too, right? Uh, you had to pay a tax on when you made a donation, right? Because it was excess funds, right? Morning, everyone. Um, okay, so basically the, there's two aspects to, have, to, to look at. Um, there's one from a donations tax point of view, um, whereas in South Africa, to make a donation, you get an exemption of 100,000 Rand a year. Anything in excess of that, you need to pay a 20% donations tax. Okay. But if a company is registered um, with the, um, our South African Revenue Services, you can issue a tax certificate. Okay. So then the individual or company making the donation can use it as a tax deduction, okay. which Kwasa is now registered with our, our Revenue Services. So on any donation, South African donation, we can issue a tax certificate. Okay. Also in South Africa, we've got um, what we call triple uh, BE. Um, it's broad-based black economic empowerment. And it's an incentive by government to um, really for, for, for businesses to um, give money to either social economic development or black empowered companies and so forth. And it's a requirement for companies to, to do that. And if you do that, you get a, a, a break as well, a tax break. Th that is, uh, it's always been there, but it's become a lot more enforced. 
Um, and Kwasa qualifies for one of those social economic development centers. So that's another avenue that, that we could get from, from businesses. Ellen, good question, and um, I wish I was going to be able to give you the answer that I'm going to describe right now. Um, someone is busy working on a website for us. Sorry, Ellen was asking, uh, what is the best way if somebody wanted to give money? What is the best and the easiest way to... That was the question. Uh, somebody is working on a website for us. The, work, the website is actually ready to be launched. Um, all that we're waiting on is the mechanism for a better word, for want of a better word, whereby online somebody could decide, oops, that's what I want to do, and press a button, and it ought to happen. Um, we were looking at this in at Chapel of the Cross, and uh, they were in touch with Luisia at St. John's, and it has to do something to do with something that Michael John will be able to answer better than me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. The website and everything is ready with the, the mechanisms to make a donation. The only thing that we're waiting on is a way to issue a tax certificate for America. So whether we uh, establish a 501c3 or whatever that is, yes, yeah, that. <laughs> um, so the people in Chapel Hill are we're busy having a look at, at how we can get around that. So we don't, know, we don't want to launch the website yet until we can, can issue those certificates. So the goal is from the website, there, there will be a, a way you can either do a, a, a wire transfer or through credit card online. And when you do that, you'll be then be able to get the certificate. Yes, in the meantime. Mm. Mm. I'm worried that some people at the back didn't hear that, Lou, so I'm going <laughs> to say it again. <laughs> the way to do that, if you're wanting to make a, a donation, is through St. John's. St. John's for years have been making donations to us. Thank you one and all for your interest, for your presence here, for your support, for your love. I've been saying over and over and over again, you cannot imagine what it means to us so far away just to know that we have got such a support base here. And just so lovely to see you all. Meredith and Bart, I cannot believe, I mean, from that first trip and to see you here today. Over the years, you've become very dear friends. So thank you, and would you give yourself a hand? Thank you.